Next up, we're summoning awesome forces at the utterance of a single word. That's right. It's time for a Rick and Rick review of Shazam! With all the action and adventure. All the hijinks and hilarity. Plus a host of holy moly's, bullet immunities, all seven deadly sins, and the chance to put our hands on the wizard's staff. Wait a second. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> and it all starts right here, right now. <laughs> the one show where everybody's name is Rick. And everybody rules the world. Hello, happy Shazam Day. Shazam weekend, opening weekend. This is the first time that we have ever seen a movie at the same time and then doing our show on the same day. So this is like a milestone here, folks. After one and a half seasons, we're getting our act together. You know, and I, and I think we very seldomly actually do the movie review on the weekend that the movie comes out. Usually it's a week or so later. Yeah. So it's a big well, deal for us here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This is Rick Matheson, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Rick Wooten. And yeah, we are going to be talking about that other Captain Marvel movie, the one that opened this weekend by the name of Sam. And we even have loaded questions, the Shazam edition today. So uh -oh. should be fun. Okay, so we saw the movie and we tried not to talk about it too much afterward, but what were your overall impressions from the movie? You know, I, I gotta say, you know, my, uh, my, attitude going in wasn't great right I, I we kind of joked about this but you know it just you know from the commercials that i saw it just felt like it was going to be too much of a ripoff of big plus superman or something like that and it was going to be just a little too campy i gotta say the commercials didn't do it justice and and it was better than what i expected going in and uh very much in a good way i i enjoyed it thoroughly i thought uh the the actors did a pretty good job i felt the story had a nice pace to it it was believable well I mean, as much as, you know, one could believe a superhero flying around. But anyways, but I, I really enjoyed it. How about yourself? Yeah, I did. That was actually my second time watching it, folks. Really enjoyed it. I knew I had to see it again, and I'm glad I did because there were a number of Easter eggs that I completely missed the first time I watched it that I picked up on this time. This movie follows Billy Batson, who was chosen by the wizard Shazam to carry on the good fight against evil, uh, against, I guess, the seven deadly sins who have been put loose into the world. And to do that, he is grant. He grants Billy Batson the ability to say the word Shazam and become what used to be known as the original Captain Marvel. Billy, he is an orphan. He is between foster homes and he's in this continuous search for his mother, who he believes in his mind's eye that he got separated from at a Christmas carnival and was lost and could never find her again. And he's spending his time trying to locate his mother 10 years later. You know, he's a good kid at heart, but he's a 14-year-old boy. He gets accepted in this foster home with, I guess, six other kids, great parents, and Billy rejects it. He doesn't want that, you know, and he's in search for his real family. And he becomes this Captain Marvel character, or Shazam, and he works with his foster brother, Freddie Freeman. He's a superhero freak and knows everything about superpowers and supervillains or whatnot. And he tries to help Billy figure out what the hell's happened and what his superpowers are. And that's really the biggest fun of the movie is the discovery of what powers he has. My, my favorite scene is when they're in, they're trying to document his powers. He tries to fly and he can fly a little bit and he tries these things, but then they're in his little mini mart and it's being held up by gunmen and the gunmen shoot Billy and the bullets shoot off him and Freddie from it's like, oh, you got, you got bullet immunity. So cool. So cool. Shoot him again. Shoot him again. <laughs> he even hands the gun back to the bad guy and he's like, wait, we don't know if it's the suit that's super powered or not. Shoot him in the face. Shoot him in the face. And Billy's reaction like, wait, wait, what? And then fortunately it doesn't hurt him. 
Um, now, in the comics, Rick, Billy was chosen because he was the pure of heart. In the movie, made it sound like, well, you're what I got, kid. I'm out of time, so you're going to have to take on my powers. Did you get that impression, yeah, too? I did. I did. And I was going to ask you about this. So I, uh, after we saw the movie and I was driving back, I was listening to a couple of YouTube videos. And one of them was talking about how largely what we saw in the Shazam movie was from kind of the reboot the DC did, you know, where they call them the 52 comics or, yes, you know, the new 52. Yeah. And so that, you know, the, the characters are more closely aligned to that, but even then it, it didn't seem like it was as quite as much of a compromise because the magician definitely came across as saying, look, you know, I, I, you're who I have. I'm going to, I'm going to bet on you. Don't let me down versus, you know, you're, you're pure at heart. That cracked me up. This show, I don't know. We were talking about this too. It mixes high comedy with yeah. real heartfelt felt emotion you know when billy finally finds his mother yeah i've said spoiler alerts here folks but when he finally finds, <laughs> finds his mother he realizes she didn't want him she was too young and when he got lost in a crowd she made sure that he was with police but then figured they can do a better job of raising him than i can you just felt for the kid and the kid is great as billy batson although the weakness in it is that i couldn't always tell that captain marvel or shazam the superhero was that kid because zachary Levy and Asher Angel, they didn't, they should have given the character a certain tick that both of them could do in the movie to help cue that it's the same person. Because as yeah. Captain Marvel, Zachary Levy is much more goofy than the kid allows himself to be yeah. in his 14-year-old self. There was a disconnect. And in fact, I swear the little kid's voice was deeper than, than Zachary yeah. Levy's. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. In fact, when they all became Shazam kids or whatever, I didn't feel like the cast was always exactly spot on. I had better luck the second time watching to figure out who was whom. It actually was quite obvious. But the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, so which kid is that? And the scene still was- That was actually the reaction I had. I, as I was going through, I was trying to figure out which kid was which. And uh, I, I read a piece on this and apparently uh, the clothes they wore before they turned into the the, the Shazam family uh, matched the clothes they had afterwards. But you know that was that was a little subtle for me for some of the some of the characters. You know, you were talking about range a minute ago, and, yeah. and one of the criticisms I've made of DC, you know, particularly with the Batman and Superman characters, has been their lack of of emotional range. And yeah. you know, I, I would expect more anger, I'd expect more frustration, I'd expect more just something, and they come across as really flat. And I would say that this movie uh, went the other direction in a very good way. And, you know, huge, huge kudos to them for taking the risk here because, you know, there were times where it was just silly and kind of funny and I laughed. And then, you know, I mean, literally wanted to like, you know, shed a tear when his mom rejected him. And so, you know, they, they definitely had great emotional range in the movie um and you know the actors like you said played off really well against each other um the biggest the biggest challenge i had and you just touched on this was the character shazam versus the kid right, right? the adult version and the kid version and uh, I, I to your point i mean you know yeah maybe it was a tick maybe it was something but the personalities were so dramatically different and they they didn't seem to quite align for me that was that was probably if i'm going to critique that was probably the one thing that i think they just could have done better uh with and and to a certain extent the kid character seemed more mature than yes. the adult character yes and, and it just just wasn't totally believable i thought zachary levy was fantastic in this role other than i wish 
he and Asher Angel had spent more time together figuring out what's Billy Batson like that's going to be consistent to his young self and his older self. Whereas Jack Dylan Grazier, who played Freddie Freeman, was that kid was acting circles around pretty much everybody. Sort big source of comedy in the movie, but also poignancy there. He gets bullied by kids at yeah. school, and he the moment where Billy slash Sam says, "You just you're just jealous. You just wish it, this was happening to you." And the kid turns around and says, "You better damn well believe I wish it was me." You know, and he had that moment where he was talking about how invisible he always felt, and you know, and I thought that was a really strong moment in the movie as well. Everyone got a moment to shine. Yeah, but you know that he he had more moments than probably anyone else in the movie. His, yeah. his acting was so amazing, and you know, even to the point where he's making dark jokes right i mean he he asked the question why so dark you're a disabled foster kid you've got it all like i mean (laughs) to me there's like so many layers to that because on one level it could be kind of mocking the dark knight on the other level it could be marking dead uh mocking deadpool where deadpool was saying you know oh this is so dark it could be a dc comics movie right i mean like it was such and it was timed so well he that just over and over again that that kid played just an amazing character Uh, and the extended family you know, I, I thought the parents were really strong for the moments that yeah. they had in the movie. Yeah. You felt like these were, this was a married couple. And they explained that they had, you know, grew up in the foster network or whatever and wanted to provide a, a really solid home. And Mary, their oldest child, she is a very hardworking student and she gets accepted to college. And there's a moment in the movie where here Billy doesn't want anything to do with this family. And she's upset because she doesn't want to leave her family to go to college. And um, right. so there's so many nice things and he couldn't believe it and was like look after yourself you know go take care of yourself and and that was part of his journey before he realized oh right exactly. I'm, I'm a dummy these people are great and i want to be part of this family and what, what what was great is the movie let itself breathe in a way that a lot of movies don't anymore if this had been made you know in the early 80s you'd believe it because there was a beginning an end you know there was a dramatic moment the lesson learned from the character and his redemption and uh, that final scene where that was a tick for the family, the whole thing with the hand in the middle, you know, before saying grace and him resisting that all through the movie. And then finally being the one like, hey, hands in, you know, know, saying grace was just a a great moment. Um, Great family film. Lots of violence. Well, I was going to say that. I was going to say, I'm not sure it's totally a family film. You know, and that was that was the thing. The movie was a dichotomy because yeah. on one hand, it was a little silly, right? I mean, they even, you know, not only did they appreciate that the movie looked a little bit like a Superman plus Big, they literally captured one of the scenes from Big in yeah. the movie, yeah. right? You know, the running across the piano with, uh, you know, the hero and and the supervillain. That, and that was that was a great way to kind of laugh at yourself and move yeah. forward. I thought, I when I I saw that scene. I, I think you probably heard me. I literally laughed. I, I just, I thought that was clever, yep. but they had very dark moments, right? Yeah. I mean, somebody gets thrown out a window to their death. Another person gets their head bitten off. And so, I mean, it, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty dark, but at the same time, you know, the humor. So I don't know that it's a family movie, but it certainly, you know, had some family themes to it and, and was, was humorous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, going back to that, that thought of it being from the 1980s, remember back then they would have shown that, that it would have been about the level of violence and they wouldn't have thought twice about it. It's just, forward all this time we're horrified. By, you know, I was like, what the hell did they just show? I did read The Rock was one of the producers and I did read this afternoon that apparently they had started with the idea that The Rock would play 
played Black Adam, who is Captain Marvel's ultimate bad guy. And, and there's a moment early on when the wizard Shazam is explaining what's going on, where you see this one who went bad, who got the powers of Shazam, but then used it for evil, and that's Black Adam. But right. apparently they have decided to separate that into two movies and that there will be a Black Adam movie and then a, a fight movie between the two of them. So each is bringing a full backstory to whatever battle ensues between them. I think that could be very cool. I agree. Hey, so so was Captain Marvel kind of, uh, you know, Sazam basically geared more towards kids? I was looking at the uh, the names of some of the villains, like Arson Fiend and Mr. Adam and Mr. Banjo and Mr. Mind and Mr. Who. It, it was uh, Captain Nazi. And so I was just like, the dummy. <laughs> yeah, you have to remember in 39, you know, on to mid-40s even, comic books were not considered a child's medium. They were just magazines. And right. Superman and Batman were for any age. In fact, they started to get in trouble for that. <laughs> you know, by the 1950s, they had to change it to make them more kid-friendly. But Captain Marvel slash Sazam started very much geared toward kids and, and weird too. I mean, like we talked about Mr. Tawny was a character. There's a theme in this movie with tigers all over the place. He throws a stuffed tiger at the villain at one point. But in the comics, there was this character who was a, a talking tiger kind of mentor. And I have a feeling we'll see him at some point. They definitely alluded to him throughout the movie. It's a funky ass kind of universe that they build for these characters. And then the other thing that they did really well in this, sh this movie that I hadn't seen DC do in the past was their Easter eggs they yeah. had easter eggs everywhere i mean i was uh, i was actually just thinking about the uh the backpack right so uh one of the backpacks had a tiger on it uh you know the tiger was in the um uh where they they fought in the amusement park and yeah, as you mentioned that's tied back to the Tony, tiger. and you know it, it's just it's great how many of these which ones did you catch one was the actor who played dr savannah's father who was just an ass to the boy growing up was played by john grover was it who played lionel luther in smallville and in smallville lux luther is a bald man and his final confrontation with his father lionel he throws lionel out of a skyscraper window and so there was this whole scene that was very similar to that. One of the ones I, I thought was really cool, and I, I didn't pick up on this until I read about it online, is the opening scene is uh, staged in 1974, right? It's kind of yeah. a flashback sort of thing. And it's... Um, where Dr. Thaddeus, uh, was it Savannah? Savannah, Savannah yeah. So went before the wizard to find out whether or not he could be the champion. And anyways, blah, blah, blah. 1974 uh, was the date that the TV show Shazam yeah. launched. Yeah. And so there was a, the, a nice little kind of callback to that, a little hidden Easter egg in that. I thought that was really cool. The other one that, that was interesting was uh, some of the names that uh, they kind of ran through as they're trying to figure out Shazam's what his yes. name was going to be and like yeah uh one of them was power boy and uh if i remember right there was a character called power boy sometime you know in the the 2000s uh what was the other one we were talking about this at lunch well, you mentioned or caught that uh, the director was the director of one of the annabelle movies and the annabelle doll right in the movie yeah so the annabelle doll was uh i spotted it although i didn't get the reference at the moment uh it was in the the shop where in the opening scene where he's broken into the shop to call the police so that he can get in their 
car and use their computer. Sitting in the shop was was one of the the doll from Annabelle. Well, you know, the, I take it that the batarang that Freddie Freeman had was literally Batman's batarang. There was a bullet that bounced off Superman at some point, but there was a Time magazine on Freddie Freeman's shelf. Right. That was from Time Magazine's coverage of all the events that were chronicled in Man of Steel. Just one of the Kryptonian ships, world makers or whatever, floating above the city. And it had Active War or something like that on it. You pointed out the crocodile people. What was that all about? Yeah. Essentially, there was the scene where they were, they were running from the villain. And they came to a room with a whole bunch of doors. They started throwing open doors and finding just random things in each one and one of them when they threw open the door was three crocodiles sitting around a table playing poker at first i thought this was kind of a nod to you know the dogs playing poker kind of thing in just kind of a fun way uh but the more i read about it, it turns out those crocodiles were uh a nemesis of shazam and he fought them in fact i think they crossed over into other ones as well including um batman and superman one of the other easter eggs that uh, i picked up on was uh, there There was early on when he had just discovered his powers, Billy Batson and his sidekick went and they were testing all these different things, you know, whether or not he could fly, whether or not, uh, you know, he could be hit with the, with the two by four, whatever. And in the background was a sign that said Ace Chemicals. And, and for those playing yeah. at home, along at home, Ace Chemicals was actually the place where Joker fell into the, the vat of whatever it was and turned into the Joker. But you know, there was a ton of these, you know, faucet central high school yes. right which which is you know throwback to the original comic co- uh, company that that created shazam yeah there was all that and then the adoptive the father's father. name the adoptive father whatever foster father his name is cc something and one of the creators of shazam was cc beck so tell me a little bit about the the end scenes you're you're more familiar with these than i am so there is a mid-credit stinger where we revisit dr savannah he is in jail and he's going crazy in his cell and then he hears a voice laughing at him, and it's kind of a metallic voice. And he turns around and sees this green talking worm. And that character was a villain called Mr. Mind in the comics. And right. he tells Savannah, we're going to have a lot of fun together. So it was really cool to see that character. Do you remember when, when Billy Batson went to go, when he found finally found his, his real mom, and he went to go uh, talk to her, you could hear somebody, a boyfriend, presumably yelling at her in the background do you remember that scene do you know who that was doing the uh, boyfriend's voice it was the director it was sandberg and so that was his cameo in the show was being the you know quasi abusive voice of the boyfriend in the background wow you know one of my favorite moments in the movie was after he comes out of that and he learns that his foster family is in trouble when he goes to the rooftop just quintessential superman scene but i loved how young billy jumps off the building as he's saying shazam and the lightning strikes him and then he takes off to save the day that was one of my favorite visual moments and and Oddly, the lighting in it actually evoked, if you go back to the covers of Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, yes. <laughs> yes. the lightning strike and everything that almost yes. you know, definitely evoked that. Folks, we do need to take a break. And when we come back, it is time for Loaded Questions, the Shazam edition. So stay tuned. All right, Rick and Rick Nation, we are back with our review of Shazam. Now, I think I saw the day that they that Shazam has had a $53 million opening weekend. I think that was according to 
Entertainment Weekly. Um, and I think I mentioned to you, Rick, this movie does not have to make much. I think it, it they figured out that they would have to only make as much as Marvel's Captain Marvel made its opening weekend for it to be a monster hit for WB because they spent so little on this movie. So, uh, Rick, are you ready for some loaded questions? As ready as I can be. All right. Question number one. Henry Cavill was in talks to appear as Superman for a key cameo in the film that we just talked about, but couldn't because of A, the cost of erasing his mustache, <laughs> B, the cost of patting his wallet, C, the cost of pretending Batman versus Superman never happened, or D, his shooting schedule for a cameo in Brightburn, which oh, is was... Uh, the reason he couldn't it, appear. It's B. It, it's because they couldn't uh, fill his wallet up enough. Well, I think that's probably right. But according to IMDb, Henry Cavill was in talks to appear as Superman for the cameo, but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts with Mission Impossible Fallout, for which he was contractually forbidden from shaving off that ridiculous mustache, much to the chagrin of the special effects team on Justice League, who had to erase it out or attempt to erase it out of the final film. So technically, I'm cheating a little bit because it wasn't literally about the mustache. It was about the movie that the mustache made him have. Got it. Question number two. For longtime fans of the comic, nicknames for the Shazam character include the real Captain Marvel, the original Captain Marvel, and one of the following. A, Topo the Bongo playing octopus. <laughs> B, the Big Red Cheese Ball. C, the Big Red Cheese or D, the Big Red Lightning Bolt? Which of these was a oh. common nickname among fans for this character? Oh, what was C again? The Big Red... So Big Red Cheese is C. So it's Topo, okay. the Big Red Cheese Ball, the Big Red Cheese, or the Big Red Lightning Bolt. I'm going to go with the Big Red Cheese, and I think I'm going to be wrong. No, you are absolutely right. So the answer is I think C. They, I, think, yes. I think they literally made reference to that in the movie. According to TV tropes and my own memory, fans of the comic often referred to Captain Marvel or Shazam as the Big Red Cheese, though Captain Sparklefingers is sure to sweep the nation. <laughs> Question number three. In addition to this past month having two films featuring Captain Marvel, what else do Shazam and Captain Marvel share in common? A. The wizard Shazam appears in both films. B. Freddie Freeman appears in both films. C. The Tesseract is seen in both films. Or D. Freddie Freeman has a Captain Marvel comic book on his bookshelf. In addition to this past month having two films featuring Captain Marvel, what else does Shazam and Captain Marvel share in common? I don't remember Freddie being in both, and I don't remember the Tesseract being in there. So I'm at a loss on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to guess. I, I, I let's go with Tesseract, even though I know that's not right. Okay, so close. So no, the answer is A. So get this: the Wizard Shazam does appear in both films. Or at least the actor, Damon Hanso. Oh. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Forgive me for saying that wrong. But uh, Damon Hanso plays the wizard Shazam in Shazam and Korath the Pursuer, a role he first appears in Guardians of the Galaxy and again in Captain Marvel. And get this, Hounsou also played the Fisherman King in Aquaman. So here he's been in Captain Marvel, Shazam, and Aquaman. Dude, Dude's getting plenty of work. That's awesome. Question number four. According to IMDb, early in development, the film was titled Which of the Following? So the original title for Shazam was Which of the Following? A, Big Two, Electric Boogaloo. B, <laughs> Billy Batson and the Wizard Shazam. C, Billy Batson and the Legend of Shazam. Or D, Say My Name, The Legend of Shazam. 
Which of these was the early title, the working title for the film? Huh. I think it's C, the one with the legend of Shazam. You are correct. Early in development, the film was titled Billy Batson and the Legend of Shazam. Wow. All right. So last question here. Together with Mr. Mind, Dr. Savannah formed which group of supervillains in the comics? A, the Legion of Doom. B, the Brotherhood of Evil. C, the Brotherhood of Monsters. Or D, the Monster Society of Evil. Which villain group did Mr. Mind and Dr. Savannah form? D, the Monster Society of Evil. You are correct. According to Useless Daily, Dr. Savannah and Mr. Mind formed the Monster Society of Evil. I think you got all these questions right this time. Is that correct? I, I, I missed one. I missed one. I got four out of five. Oh, and that was kind of my trick question about the mustache. So that's probably your best score yet. Mustache me a question. A real one next time instead of trying to pull tricks on it. <laughs> so awesome. Awesome. Final thoughts on Shazam. What, what grade would you give Shazam? You know, I, I, going into it, I was all about a C. I was thinking, you know, ah, you know, this is, it's probably going to be a little fun, but at the same time, it's going to be a little cringy. Walking out, it was a solid B. I, I would definitely give this, this uh, a B. I'd recommend people see it. Don't take it too serious. You know, just enjoy it. Now, you had pretty high hopes. Where did you land for this? I fell in the B to B minus range, and it delivered on the things that I wanted it to. But for me, part of this, I love Zachary Levy, and I loved him in Chuck. I love him in this. But for some reason, I couldn't always tell that Captain Marvel or Shazam, the superhero, was that kid. Because as yeah. Captain Marvel, Zachary Gary Levy is much more goofy than the kid. I wanted that part of his goofiness to be toned down just a little bit. So it fell into a, a B to B minus. And, and I guess to be fair to it too, is it's mainly in comparison to Wonder Woman or Aquaman. I felt like those were better movies. I think this is a great yeah. one. Like you, I would say, go see this folks. It's fun. Bring your certain age kids, PG-13 or something, uh, kids. Because <laughs> exactly. um, it, it is a throwback just as it should be. I'm so glad they made a throwback so a lot a lot of fun all right well thanks everybody thank you rick wooten that was a great uh, review it was fun to watch shazam with you and thank you listeners for tuning in for this episode and be sure to come back for the one show where everybody's name is rick and everybody rules the world thanks so much everyone